But the most successful people tell the best stories. I mean, it's as simple as that, whether they're a politician or a CEO or leader of a church or whatever, right? It is the ability to tell stories and the practice of doing that. You you can't just read about telling stories. You got to practice it. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I am really excited about our guest today because Frankly, he's a genius. His name is Roy Vela, and he is a well-known digital strategy expert, AI expert, professional speaker, independent, non-exec director, advisor, and consultant to enterprises, large and small, as a resourceful Stanford JD MBA and US-UK citizen, Roy has proven complex problem-solving skills and global execution, delivering high-growth, digitally-driven teams. He runs a management consultancy providing strategic advice and commercial services to digital leaders worldwide, particularly as an expert in deep tech, fintech, and smart home industries. There's so much more I could tell you about, Roy, but let's get into it. Roy, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is awesome to have you with us today. Much appreciated. Happy to be here. So I'm excited about this episode. We we chatted a little bit. What are we going to talk about today? And we've never done an episode uh, on this show about AI. And AI is everywhere. A People are worried that they're going to lose their jobs because of AI, that AI is going to take over you know, their defense grid and shoot missiles at us like in the Terminator. So I'm excited that you're here to tell us the real deal about AI. But but what I want to do before that, and I do this with all of my guests, is I want to hop in the Roy Vela time machine and take us back and tell us what puts you on the path you're on today. Sure. Uh, let's see. So I'm a... Geographically, I'm a Brooklyn kid. I'm born and raised in New York. I have about a dozen years each, New York, the Bay Area, London, and now I'm outside Boston for about six years. Um, always been entrepreneurial, you know, uh, little entrepreneurial ventures with my brother when we were in high school, that kind of thing. And so I sort of found my heart in San Francisco uh, and after grad school, started a fintech company with some classmates, um, ended up selling that and getting recruited by another classmate into PayPal in the early days of PayPal. And they're the ones who sent me to London. Um, And I would say over time, you know, I am just insatiably curious. I um, my my wife likes to joke around that I'm an inch deep, but a mile wide in all of science. Right. I can I can talk pretty impressively with any scientist for a good 15 minutes before I fall off a cliff. I'm like, yeah, that's all (laughs) I know about your area. (laughs) You know, um, but I'm just curious. I I love to learn new things. I'm in a continuous state of learning when, when, uh, when new technology or or new science uh, is, is published in any way. I'm, I tend to have my finger on that pulse and I enjoy uh, learning about, about new content. 
Um, and that uh, is is probably the biggest motivating driver of my career in my life is that I'm just uh, insatiable. <laughs> you just, just want to know, yeah. got to know, got to know. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, AI is interesting because it's not new. It's no, no, it's not new at all. New yeah. to the, it's new to most people, but it's it's not new. So let's do AI 101. Like let's sure. let's start sure. about you know where it where it came from, yeah. where it is today, oh. and then we'll we'll keep yeah. going. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, it's 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 not new, but feels new because we are on an exponential curve. So exponential curves uh, for folks who don't know what that is, think of a hockey stick, right? So it's pretty flat for most of the curve. And then when you enter the elbow, it starts to go vertical very quickly. And, uh, you know, you can look at AI or even technology adoption writ large. You know, the printing press, you know, 1400s, right, was when the first printing press uh, became mass produced and uh, I'm not even mass produced, became available. Um, and, you know, we have hundreds of years of uh, innovation and development that has gone vertical in really the last 10 to 20 years. And AI started in the 40s, right? I mean, really, when we started to get uh, being able to compute at scale um, and starting to have uh, the ability to have digitization occur, uh, we started studying AI and um, we have entered the elbow which is why for a lot of people, it feels A, like it came out of nowhere because a flat curve isn't very exciting when you're on it. You know, you, there's incremental development and there has been incremental development since the 40s. But now uh, we've entered an age of scale processing. And, and, uh, and I'll tell you, part of the reason of the surprise is that we humans are very bad at scale. We just don't, we're not good. We're good pattern recognition machines. We're not good at comprehending and appreciating scale. And I can actually prove that very quickly. So a million, a billion, and a trillion seconds. So a million seconds, it's about 12 days. A billion seconds, 32 years. A trillion seconds is 32,000 years. Hmm. And most people I note that to go, wait, what? Huh? Wait, say that again. Two, 12 days, 32,006 times written history. And, you know, yeah, it's times a thousand, right? So a computer goes, why are you confused? But for us, it's like, wait a minute, like that's, that's unanticipated. And, um, and that's where we are. We have, uh, we have three different elements, the computing power, the data set size and the algorithms that are processing those data sets. And all of those are, are, are all on, on exponential curves, like, you know, million, billion, trillion, um, and all are colliding to enable processing at a scale that we just have never seen before. I think you just answered the question I was about to ask. My question was going to be, why now the exponential curve? And it, it sounds like it's the processing that these computers can do is unlike anything it's, we've ever had. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, you know, um, some of your listeners have probably heard of Moore's law, like every 18 months a doubling. And uh, but it's it's kind of Moore's law writ large. Right. It's in in everything in 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 the size of the data set itself, in the computing power, in the battery power, in the like everything. All of these technologies are going um, together. And, and it's that collision together that enables us to process at a scale that doesn't make 
sense to the human mind, right? We 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 have a real challenge thinking in trillions or even billions, you know. And 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 you know, there's there's tons of fun examples about how bad we are at scale. So, for instance, we're closer in time to Cleopatra than she was to King Tut. Right. Like if people go, wait, no, ancient Egypt, that's a thing. Yeah, it is. But <laughs> it's a long period of time. Right. You know, it's also why people can't really comprehend evolution. Like we're talking about millions of years. Right. It's just uh, and it's really hard to get our head around it. So so AI is a surprise to people who haven't been in AI um, or, or aware of, you know, the studies that have, that started literally in the forties and fifties. Um, and what's happened now is we can process a very large data set. So open AI, the, the folks who put out chat GPT, you know, their data set is in the billions and trillions, you know, and that's, that's, that feels miraculous, right? Which is why I'll, I'll tell you when people interact with any of the LLMs. LLMs are large language models, right? Um, the operative word is large, like like really, really large. It is it is choosing the next word to to put forward based on every other word. And I don't mean like every other word that you just interact. I mean every other word. It has a data set and has learned off of the basis of you know trillions of data points and. Um, and that's only growing. So it feels like magic to us the way it the way it interacts and the way it writes and the way it you know uh um it gives us uh you know good english english that's 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 grammatically correct but really it's just doing that at scale and it's bad at things that it's not designed to do. It's not particularly good at spelling. It's not trained on letters, it's trained on words. It's not particularly good at math. It was not trained on in, in you know mathematical language it was trained in English mostly um and by the way all of these things that I'm bringing up now are going away you know there there are LLMs in thousands of languages that translate now seamlessly between languages uh mathematics is being addressed coding I mean the coding that mm-hmm. LLMs can do is, is is staggering um yeah so I would say that's why people are surprised and why uh you know um it's not going away anytime soon. We're we're on an exponential curve, and we're 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 nearing the vertical, and uh, it's only going to accelerate. It's interesting. I, I I recall the first time I used ChatGPT, and there was a childlike wonderment I had when I just saw text mm-hmm. exploding onto the screen. That was so good, and as the text was populating. Mm. Then I just said, oh, crap, like there's a downside to this technology and, you know, ethical concerns about this technology. Sure. Um, sure. You know, yeah. Sky, Skynet immediately popped into my head. You know? So sure. talk to us about the rails. Like what safeguards are there? Um, you know, what yeah. should be done? What is being done? Sure. What could be done? Sure. So, so I would highly recommend anyone listening to uh, read Yuval Harari. Uh, he wrote *Sapiens*, and then he wrote a book called *Homo Deus*. Um, and uh, he has recently been talking about um, the fact that AI has hacked our our OS, our operating system, and what he's referring to is storytelling. So, Yuval, Yuval, by the way, 
brilliant scientist, uh, brilliant researcher, brilliant writer, great books, the ones I mentioned. He wrote a third book, and I'm, I'm blanking on the it, – it's a, it's more about the future, and I'm blanking on the, the title of the book. Um, but what Yuval will tell you is that the danger of AI is that it is doing uh, – it is doing what humans have been doing pretty much since we learned to communicate, which is tell stories. And he's like the foundation of human civilization is storytelling. It is the ability to tell a convincing, uh, persuasive story to another human. And uh, AI can do that incredibly well. And he's like, look, our, 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 our world is based on it. More people have died due to storytelling than any other, any other thing. Religion. You know, money, money, uh, laws, regulations. We we tell each other stories constantly about what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what we what we feel and believe about the world and and parts of it. And now we have a uh, a new intelligence that's pretty damn good at telling a mean story, and that's uh, and that's worrisome to. Yuval and to me. I mean, that's the truth. And the guardrails that you're talking about, I mean, what, what Yuval has suggested, which I think is a very good suggestion, is that AI is not allowed to fake being human. And, and what I mean by that is an AI has to always announce that it's an AI. When you when you begin an interaction on, on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, or on any platform, uh, the AI is responsible to tell the user that it is an artificial intelligence. Um, it is not a human. Uh, it is not allowed to post as if it's a human. It's not allowed to interact as if it's a human. Uh, and it's not allowed to tell stories without being clear that it is an artificial intelligence system. Um, I think that would help tremendously because people would have a different opinion than if they thought they were interacting with a fellow human who was telling them a story. Um, but still, it's still dangerous. I mean, it's still, uh, there's still, you know, risks that come from having a, an artificial intelligence. And, and by the way, the biggest risk is that it um, will be smarter than us. And and that's the so the the smarter than us is hooking all. If I could hook my brain directly to yours, Doctor Richard, and and hook and, and we could link physically link our brains. We could do some damage, Roy. I mean, yeah. and that's what it is, right? Yeah. Like this is a hardwired link between all human knowledge. Yeah, I mean, we're I think we're on ChatGPT four right now, mm -hmm. um, and each five's coming. Five's coming, and each iteration gets progressively better. So what does this thing look like in 2030, right? It's assuredly going to be smarter. I read that it'll be smarter than humans by 2029. And by 2036, I think I read it'll be smarter than every human on the earth combined. That's the curve yeah. you're talking about. The, so the numbers, yeah, the numbers are dramatic. There's no question. So yeah. what does it mean? So let's let's talk about people listening to this let, let's let's give them some some positives here, right? Um, sure. How can we positively use AI in our careers? And I'm going to start there. And then my second question is, what are the careers that you would have concerns about not existing in <clears throat> five to ten years because of AI? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, look, I have three teenagers and I tell them uh, ChatGPT and any LLM, by the way, it's not ChatGPT. Like there are hundreds of LLMs now, right? Like there's plenty. Uh, never and never mind the visual arts and Midjourney and Dolly. And I mean, there's a, there's there's so much going on in that regard. And I would say the uh, initial wave of exceedingly strong value is in zero to one. So going from a blank page to something, right? I cannot. I we we probably can't quantify how many wasted years of human productivity there are of looking at a blank page of trying to start a project an essay a paper a, you know whatever it is and we go huh and and people stare at a blank page what 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 the llms can do for you right now is give you something to react to right so you you can set up a prompt that produces something that you go, yeah, no, I need more of this, less of that. And, and I tell folks, it's like, you know, on the 80-20 rule, it'll get you maybe 80% of the way there. What your job is, is to edit it and, and refine it and make it make it become what you want the rest of the 20% of the way there. Um, it is, uh, you know, at this point, there's exceeding amounts of value in that. Um, in 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 getting productivity, in, in jumpstarting, in 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 building momentum, in inertia, in going from zero to one. I think that that's a huge value presently today. <clears throat> As it proceeds, you know, I mean, it's going to get better and better. So, so in what what jobs are safe? I, I don't think any job is safe. I think it is somewhat ironic that when, you know, robots were taking manufacturing jobs, people weren't freaking out so much. But then all of a sudden when it's like, oh, knowledge worker jobs, when the lawyers are under threat and everyone's like, whoa, wait a minute, hold on a second, you know, <laughs> you know um, and, th and that is true. Like the the reading and writing and logic stuff, um, you know, is is somewhat at risk. Again, we should be clear, an AI, an LLM is not trying to be accurate. It's trying to be believable, right? So that's part of the hacking that Yuval is talking about, right? It's the next best word given all prior words and their weighting and importance in the context of what's happening is, is what it's choosing. It's not trying to be accurate, right? So it'll describe someone, you ask it to describe you and it will say that you did, you went to these schools and did these things that isn't right. It's not trying to be fact-checking, it's trying to knowing what what it finds about Dr. Richard on the web says this is what this is you know what his life should look like or could look like or might look like, not what it was, <laughs> right? Like you know so and, and you've already heard like lawyers got in trouble because it cited cases and stuff that don't exist, right? You know they used it they didn't fact check it themselves. It was very believable. It just happened that they hit a judge that was like. I never heard of that case. Like, <laughs> you know, um, so so uh, I think I, I would say two things. Um, the the most important part of Chat GPT is the word chat. So this is an interaction. All of the critiques you you when when OpenAI released Chat GPT, you heard all these critiques. Oh, I asked it this question; it was wrong. And oh, uh, I asked it to do. It's not a search engine. We're all so programmed into the world of search engines. We query response, and then we validate whether the response is accurate or not. <clears throat> That's not what this is trying to do. It is not a query search response. It is an iteration. Chat, 
as you interact with an LLM, it will get better at understanding you and what you want and how it works in the context of what you're asking for, right? So, so the people who are doing best with it as a tool are the ones who are engaging it in conversation. Like literally, that's what it is. You need to, when, when you and I first met, we know nothing about each other. We start on, you know, middle ground, temperate ground. We talk, we feel each other out. And as we engage, we get better and better at interacting. It's exactly like that with an LLM, right? So the people who, and, and this is what I find interesting. We're going to enter a world where asking the right question is more important than knowing the right answer. And people who are better at asking the questions are going to are going to do better. And this is the other thing I would say is prompts. We tend to think of a question. If I, if I want an LM to do something, we tend to treat it like a human, which again is a mistake. We give it a short sentence or maybe we give it a paragraph. I have seen prompts and used prompts that are pages long. So you can give the LLM as much context and as much specificity. I want you to act as if you're a professor at MIT who's an expert in this, this, and this. I am asking you about this. Like you, you can provide as much. In fact, the more you provide, the better your answer will be. And then when it responds, you say, I need you to be... Uh, more concise. I need you to expand on this part. I need you to like you, you, it is an interaction where the more direction and directive you can be, the better the response will be. Um, better, better in the sense of getting what you want. Not about accuracy again. You got to check for accuracy, especially <laughs> if you're asking for facts and things like, no, 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 it's not going to produce facts. That's not what it does. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. What about other forms of AI? I want to put on our futurist hat here a little bit. So let's go a few years in the future. We're rocketing up that exponential curve and we're nearing yeah. maybe the tip of the hockey stick. Yeah. How? Based on everything that you've researched and the people that you've talked to in this space who are experts as well, how does AI show up in our daily lives three, five, yeah. seven years from now? I mean, again, it is able to do scale processing at a level that we can't really conceive. So you may have heard of the protein folding uh, efforts that they're using AI now, uh, you know, basically generating every possible protein that's possible from amino acids, right? Incredible. Like again, scale processing, something that a human couldn't do. Um, there's, uh, any, any scientific effort where you, where you have a scale problem, where there's too many options, applying AI is really, really interesting. And actually I, I should say, uh, I think we chose the wrong A. So 
so artificial uh, implies fake, plastic, not real, not valuable. And it just happened to stick back in the day when it was, you know, when there was only a few researchers working on it. There are better A's. I would say maybe augmented intelligence. It is or accelerated intelligence mm. or even alien. I mean, Yuval Harari says it's an alien intelligence. It is a non-human intelligence that we have created. Um, artificial seems to poo-poo it a bit for us. We're like, yeah, it's not really real. And and that's a mistake. Right. And and the reason that comes to mind in the context of your question is any effort that people are making on a scale processing problem. AI will help. It will augment. It will accelerate, whether it's protein folding or reading a mammogram scan or any large data set. Now we have scale processing. So we're going to solve a lot of medical issues, of economic issues, of, you know, if, if you let AI address these problems, uh, I think there are going to be some really fascinating and counterintuitive solutions presented. And by the way, we've already seen that at a really, really simplistic level in games. In both chess and Go, the AIs made moves that masters said, wow, I've never, I've never seen that before. Like that's a move unlike any move I've ever seen. I've never seen a human make that move. And the 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 Go master who lost said, I, I need to, the Go master said it was, I'm, I'm, I'm indirectly quoting, but basically said, I need to study Go more. I thought I understood Go, and now I'm not sure that I do, because the AI made moves that I that were unanticipated, and no one's ever made before. And what's fascinating about those things at a simplistic game base level, an AI can beat an AI, an AI can beat a human, uh, but but it's the human AI can beat an AI. So right now they have teams. It's a team of a human and an AI and a human and AI playing chess. And that's, you can't predict who's going to win. It's the combination of the types of intellects of intelligences that are working together. Um, and a human and AI can beat an AI, no problem. Right. Which is, which is fascinating. Right. And, and so, and, and for me, that's a good story because it is about the combinatorial value of these two different approaches. Um, uh, that and and we're going to see that uh, in in all sorts of unanticipated ways too. I mean, just like the Go player was surprised, AI applied to problems is going to present solutions that we simply haven't thought of yet, or didn't occur to us, or wouldn't have occurred to us. And we go, huh? Oh, that's interesting. You know, the mammogram thing is interesting because it would beg the question to me if diagnostics and i suppose you could program a robot to do a surgery right it's just moving scalpels and lasers and such um yeah we already have that make, there, would there make me wonder if if you know going to medical school is a good idea <laughs> you know moving forward and honestly you know it, it's interesting right like to go to go back to the not so much ancient egypt but we have always tiered titles and as a consequence income potential based on the amount of knowledge that an individual has accumulated and now yeah. we're living in a world where knowledge is everywhere right like it's no longer 
yeah. this kind of turnkey lockdown system. And so yeah. I... Knowledge you know, became widely available with the internet, and now right. it's accessible with LLMs. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I was actually having a conversation with somebody if college is even necessary anymore, outside I of the know. football experience. Well, the, the reality is we are still doing industrial age education. I have three teenagers, and I had to buy them Texas Instruments calculators for their math classes because they didn't want them to use their phones. I'm like, and, you know, the, one of my favorite tweets in this education realm was a guy said, look, we need to be training kids on how to search effectively and how to vet the information that they receive. Like, it's not about knowing information. It's not about rote knowledge and regurgitation of knowledge. It's about finding knowledge and validating the value of that knowledge, right? Like, is that a, is that accurate? Is it something, you know, uh, it is the creative problem solving around it, you know, and, and he, and it was a great tweet. I think it's not, it's not wrong. Like the, these kids need to be able to find information and assimilate and critical problem solving around that information. And AI is yet another tool in that, in that area to, to do that more effectively, more efficiently. Absolutely. One other book that I would raise for people is uh, called Life 3.0. And I think it's a very interesting way of looking at the world. Um, and I can very quickly, it's Max Tegmark is an MIT professor who wrote it. And uh, very simply, Life 1.0 evolves hardware and evolves software. That's pretty much all of life. Life 2.0 is us. We evolve hardware, but we design software. You and I have been enhancing each other's software in this engagement, right? And that's every interaction you have with another person. When you learn something new or teach something, we're upgrading our software. And life 3.0, according to Max, is we design software and we design hardware. And we're sort of already, we're kind of at two and a half, right? You can get pretty good alternative legs if you don't have any or whatever, right? We, we are enhancing our hardware. Not completely yet. You know, the last step is downloading my brain into something else. And that's that's an interesting thing. Awesome. Well, I, I knew this would be just a great chat, Roy. It was fantastic. I, I think my like pleasure. anything else, there's good and bad with everything. Uh, but I want to ask you this. As you know, I ask all of my guests just this one question, and that is, what is your biggest helping, that single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? I would say storytelling uh, came through in our conversation about the about the risks of AI storytelling. But the flip side is also true. We are storytelling and digesting creatures. I tell folks all the time, no matter what your job is, no matter what you're doing, knowing how to tell a good story is crucial to success. For all my advanced education, it's improv training that was probably some of the most valuable stuff I learned about and then and the problem is we don't practice it anymore we used to you know the the sun went down the lights went out and we sat around a fire and told stories to each other uh and we don't do that anymore but the most successful people tell the best stories i mean it's as simple as that whether they're a politician or a ceo or leader of a church or whatever right it is the ability to tell stories and the practice of doing that you you can't just read about telling stories you got to practice it and and I constantly so my daily helping and when I'm talking to entrepreneurs, which I do a lot, I'm saying you got to practice the story. You got to tighten that up. You got to tell me why I should believe that and how it's going to work. And storytelling is almost the crux of all success, in my opinion. Beautifully said. Roy, tell us where people can find you online and learn more about what you're doing. 
Yeah, Roy Vela at anything sort of gets to me. Just my name uh, on LinkedIn, you know, uh, in slash Roy Vela or Twitter Roy Vela or Roy Vela at Gmail, whatever. I'm I'm easy to find as one word because I have a fairly unique name. Perfect. We'll have and we'll have everything Roy Vela in the show notes uh, at thedailyhelping.com as well, so you can get your get your fill of Roy, which we, which we all need. Uh, in, in all seriousness, though, Roy, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on The Daily Helping. I loved our conversation. Thank you, Dr. Richard. My pleasure. Absolutely. And I also want to thank each and every one of you who took time out of your day to listen to this. If you liked it, if you learned something from it, go give us a follow and five-star review on your app of choice, because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly... Go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping, because the happiest people are those that help others. 